0: The Joy Unleashed show empowers and inspires women to reclaim their joy. We provide tools, resources, and connections to help you unlock your true potential. Through engaging conversations, expert insights, and transformative stories, we create a vibrant and inclusive community where women can break free from the limitations that hold them back. I'm Joyologist Colleen Greco, and it is my honor to be your host. Let's get right into the show. If you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you don't quite know your purpose, or maybe you know it, but you just can't find the path toward it. If you're uncomfortable in your own skin and want to finally master self-love, then we need to talk. I'm Colleen Greco, and I'm your joyologist. I help women just like you to reclaim the joy they feel is missing in their life, through mindset coaching and nutrition coaching. Whether you have weight to lose or simply need to get your gut in check, I've got you. We'll work together to retire limiting beliefs. Those are the stories that are keeping you from your purpose. I need you to hear me. Those are the stories that we need to get rid of in order to get you on your path to your purpose. We will work together to get you that life you've always dreamed of. It would be my honor to connect with you. Reach out to me via Instagram at the Colleen Greco or email Colleen at ColleenGreco.com. Let's get you back to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Joy Unleashed. I'm your host Colleen Greco and the resident joyologist for the show. And today I am so excited to welcome Gina Ramsey. She is the author of Burnt Glove Boxes. And we are gonna dive into this puppy, um, embracing life when it goes up in flames. So you know it's funny. Without further ado though, let me bring Gina to the show. Gina! Hey, how are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. How Thank are you? you.
1: <coughs> I am doing good. How are you?
0: Good. Now there's good. no pressure, but I am expecting you to tell some funny stories. <coughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, All right.
0: Right. good. But you can grab some water if you need to. I yeah. can, I can, I can, you know. Hang on my own for a second. <laughs> um, well, before we we dive in, you know, to the heavy questions, which there really aren't any, um, <laughs> could you just give the viewers an idea of who you are and a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, again, I'm Gina Ramsey, and um, I'm a actually a full time social worker by trade. Um, And I've worked in the helping professions for many, many, many years, um, over 20 plus years. Um, And um, so I've always been kind of geared towards helping folks. Um, I have constant things happening to me, like, um, you know, just like Murphy's Law, people refer to uh, scenarios where if it'll happen, it'll happen to me. Um, and I would tell my stories to other folks and they would be like, always telling me, you got to write a book. Like this stuff is unbelievable. And they were all true stories. And so I had put it in my mind that I'm going to write a book. And really with my goal of it, I always said, I want to help others like find joy in life and be able to find the funny in life's unfortunate circumstances and, um, and so, yeah, as uh, and that was over twenty years ago as well. That was while I while I was working in, as an advocate at a women's agency. And uh, in uh, two thousand twenty one November,
0: I started writing my book, Burn Glove Boxes, and it was released this year in May. Well, congratulations first of all, because writing a book is no easy feat. It's um, it's still on my list. I've had a title like for five years or six years or something like sure. that. So I do need to, I need to commit to writing a certain amount every week or it'll never never get done. But um, back to you, um, I first want to know a little bit about the title Burnt Glove Boxes. Cause I feel like that huh? in itself is a story. Oh yeah, and it is. Um- <laughs> It's
1: funny because all the years that people were telling me you should write a book. And I kept saying, I, am going to do this. I'm going to write a book one day. Uh, One day we literally had a, the glove box in our car. uh, The door of it uh, was burning and we didn't know how it was burning. Um, My husband discovered it. The car was filled with smoke And we did eventually find, um, I'll do like a spoiler alert. It was a mirror that we had in the car, and the sun was hitting it just right and bouncing off of that and burning a hole into the glove box. Good thing is that had we arrived at the car a little bit later, probably the whole lot of cars would have been in flames. So there was a good, good portion, you know, a good piece to that, (laughs) something positive to look at. Um, but when that happened, I thought that's going to be the title for my book. I just knew with all certainty that that was going to be it because it just really, um, encompassed all of the stories.
0: So that kind of situation, like my head immediately goes to what are the odds? Like, really, right. you, you kind of see it, um, you know, growing up, like Bugs Bunny would have done that and that would have made sense for Bugs Bunny, but like. Could that really happen? The answer, I guess, is yes, first of all. But seriously, what are the odds? And I'm curious how many of these stories are some of that, like, what are the odds, you yeah. know, type type scenario. Like you said, Murphy's Law, like, this could never happen to anyone, except it does, and it happens to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, and the really cool thing is, is the book is kind of a combination of those Murphy's lost stories um, with, I don't know what just happened there. Um, Of course there's a new story Um, there. Right, right. Yeah. So it's a combination of that. There are some poor choices that (laughs) were made in the book, but um, uh, there's a Turkey story in there where my husband decided to purchase a whole lot of baby turkeys, pulses what they're referred to, deciding he was going to like be a turkey farmer, but we were from the suburbs of Chicago. So we had no idea what farming, anything about farm animals, anything like that. So, (laughs) yeah. And then they all miraculously turned on me and the kids and loved him. So, yeah, I mean, it was like a combination of like that poor choices versus that I trusted. I'm like, I don't know if you know what you're doing, go ahead and do it. And then I was being stalked by turkeys all the time. So <laughs> Do
0: you, Did I share with you before um, when we first met my turkey story? Like I never thought anybody else could possibly have a turkey story. No. I, I thought like I was the only one traumatized by turkeys. Now I use it as a part of my coaching practice to tell people to run towards their turkeys. <laughs> um, so I... I am at this point, like seven months pregnant. Not now, like 20 years ago. I'm like seven months pregnant. I have just had a horrific encounter with this horrible, uh, the president of our company. And he was the kind of guy who was like, he had a a target every month. So May it's you, June, June, it's somebody else. July, it's somebody else. This month it's me. And he I had to go in every Friday and he would do this with everybody, you know, review your activities and progress for the week. And on, uh, no, those, sorry, the meeting was Monday on Fridays. I had O O O on the calendar. And he's like, well, what is that? And I said, it's out of office. And he's like, well, what is that for? I said, you don't need to know. I've talked to HR. I'm good. Like, it's fine because he was just so toxic. Right. So, Ten minutes after the meeting ends, he comes back around to my office and he says, just so you know, I I know why you're out of office on Fridays and I'm totally cool with that. And I was like, now I can't really say exactly word for word what I said to him, but I'll give you some bleeps. I said, I don't give a flying bleep what you think. And I burst into tears and he was like, ah, uh. <laughs> So then I realized I can't stay here. I've got to go outside. I go out the front door of our office and to my right is a flock of turkeys like this far away from me. And they're like, gobble, gobble, gobble. And they just start running towards me. And I'm like, I am 95 months pregnant. I can't run. (laughs) So instead of going back into the office where it was safe, I ran around the building up the (laughs) back stairs of the parking lot, not knowing that turkeys could fly. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I traumatized my turkeys. <laughs> and now I'll be running sometimes in the morning and I'll see them and I'm like, oh, no, you don't. Like I don't <laughs> from a turkey anymore. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't.
1: I had no idea that they flew either.
0: Yeah. A yeah. lot of people don't. You guys, yeah. turkeys can fly. Mm-hmm. They can fly. You guys, they live in the trees. They don't live on the ground. <laughs> News flash. <laughs> Oh my so, gosh, that's great. I told you this conversation could go any which way, but when you said turkeys, I was like, I just like felt a little twitch. Oh yeah. <laughs> just
1: there. I get twitchy a lot on those guys.
0: <laughs> oh, they're oh my vicious. gosh, yeah. So I I love one of the, the stories in here about um, your dog, Rusty. Mm-hmm. Share with us the cheesecake story. Sure. So I'll, uh, let me back up and
1: just explain Rusty. So he was a golden retriever. He was huge. Um, My, my mother-in-law called him the horse because he was that big. And um, he was such a good boy and he, he wasn't like some dogs will chew on slippers or shoes. He didn't do any of that. He did chew on one of uh, one shoe of mine that, um, I didn't put it in the book, but yeah, that was a burnt glove box story for sure. Um, but he wasn't, he only chewed on his bones and stuff like that, but his downfall is that he
0: ran the neighborhood and he would wait, like literally and figuratively, was he like the mafioso? He, he,
1: wh- he loved kind of tormenting us, um, in a different way than the turkeys He would wait in our house for the weakest person to go to the door. And it's like he plotted. It's like he had this like plot in his head and he schemed. So that was usually our youngest daughter, Katie. She was maybe four or five at the time. And then um, my father-in-law. And when he saw one of them go to the door, he would bolt. And he would run the neighborhood. just. And then we would chase him. And it was a game. And so um, and usually he would, if we got in our car, he would stop in the middle of the road and it was just like little side streets. So he wasn't out in the traffic, although I would get nervous about that, um, worried that he'd get hit by a car, but he did not. Um, But he would stop in the middle of the road and wait for us to pick him up like a chauffeur to bring him home. (laughs) So one day he got out and we had no idea he was out because he ordinarily, he was very quiet, he would just lay in the kitchen or whatever. Um, and we were watching a movie with the kids, and we got a rap on the door. And it was one of our neighbor's kids. Um, she was she was like in in her teens in high school. And um, she had a couple of her friends with her. And um, she would always talk in this like monotone voice. And she was always after Rusty, always after Rusty. Um, But I love the name that you call her in the book. Oh, the Mansons.
0: Baby Baby Manson.
1: Manson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the family, um, the family was like, they like I call we called her that because she would go out and she would almost like just kind of shuffle her feet slowly. And she'd have a dog leash in her hand looking for Rusty and, um, it was just it was crazy it was like like the monsters all over again <laughs> so she shows up with her two friends or whoever they were and um she tells my husband your dog ate my cheesecake <laughs> and paul's like my dog ate your cheesecake what do you mean my dog ate your cheesecake your dog ate my cheesecake and she was all monotone your dog ate my cheesecake and um and he's like shaking his head like he doesn't understand. And then she turns around and she points across the street. There's Rusty on the sidewalk. Is that your dog? Yeah, your dog ate my cheesecake. And he's like, where was your cheesecake <laughs> <laughs> And she said it was on the porch cooling. Mm-hmm. And we ne- all the times we drove past their house, we never saw anything out cooling. Not that they couldn't have decided this is a new spot. And um, so then she told him that we owed her do- money for the cheesecake. And he said, Well, how much do I owe you? And she said, Two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and he was shocked, and he's like, Two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and we both like we we've made cheesecakes through the years. We know they're they're pricey to make, even back then. And she's like, You owe me two dollars in the monetary voice. <laughs> So we went in the house and got eight quarters. (laughs) (laughs) Sent her on her way. (laughs) And Rusty never got sick. Like, we waited. We're like, oh, this is definitely going to, like, come
0: back up. But it never did. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But I love that you call her baby Manson. It's like, I have this visual of this, like, almost like a, um, I don't know, like, goth meets Yeah. Like uh oh, what's it called? Like e- e- emu, oh, like
1: yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally with the black clothes and it so like and that back then that was because our daughter was in high school, our oldest daughter, and um and that was a thing. That was the thing back then, you know, this goth whole thing. So like she could have come out of like the thriller. Oh yeah. Video yeah. Like yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was funny because when she would go down the sidewalks when she'd see Rusty, um, then once he was, we brought him back home, then she just managed to go back to her house and disappear. And you never saw them other than when Rusty
0: came out. <laughs> then you're like, do they really live there? Or right. is it a of my imagination? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I skipped over one of my like standard questions because I just, I just want to dissect this book left, right, and center. Um, so I, I'll jump back to that. What does joy mean to you? Like how do you define joy? Oh gosh, that's such a great
1: question. I really feel like a lot of people search for joy and happiness Um, you know, if I get this, I'll be happy. Oh, and then they get that. And then, oh, well, but if I get this, I'll be happy. And I really feel like joy and happiness is found within. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel there's a lot of things that we can do to feel that joy and happiness. Um, and one of them is not, um, watching the world news. (laughs) Um, but I just, I feel like joy is something within and some people, I think just because of things happening in life or because of the world around us, they forget that it's there. Mm -hmm. And so that was the goal for my book is encouraging others to like, seek out those positives not everything in life. I never wanted to come across and say, well, everything that's unfortunate in life, um, or tragic, you need to find the funny in it. Um, because I know that there are some really horrible things that happen in life to folks. And so, but what, what is a learning point from this? What is a positive? Um, like I mentioned earlier, like the whole lot could have been up in flames. Um, so I look to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's really my goal is I'm actually doing, um, uh, laughter therapy, a laughter therapy course and, uh, getting my certification in laughter therapy. And I feel like it's a mindset and training yourself to, it, you know, it's, it comes with practice, mm-hmm. but there's so much out there that we can look to, to, you know, to make us giggle and to get those endorphins going. And, um, yeah, I, I feel everybody it. has it. Everybody has it. It's just sometimes it gets lost, and we can't look to we can't look to material things for for joy
0: completely. I completely agree. And I think having your background as a social worker, I mean, you have seen, The good, bad, and the ugly. Right. And so, you know, it's hard not to bring some of that home with you. Yeah. um, Because you're a natural empath. And so, you know, you just, you know, and being in service to others, you just can't help but want to help. And sometimes you take some of that home with you. So, another important reason why you wrote the book is probably it was a good outlet for you Mm -hmm. to like channel your energy towards something more positive and you know, a great reminder that you can laugh every day. When we were in the midst of our trauma, we still worked to find joy in the smallest of moments. The, the yeah. tiny, stupid little things that most people wouldn't even notice were everything at that point. And it doesn't mean that the trauma wasn't still going on, but it it's like you, you can have both, you know?
1: Right. And I
0: think it's so important to, you know, not pretend you live in a bubble. We we certainly don't live in a bubble. We still have bad things happen, but to be firmly rooted in joy, in 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 gratitude, and yes, abundance for all the things that we do have. Like we did wake up today. You take that for granted. You don't yes. have to wake up, right? Right. There is other options. <laughs> so waking Absolutely. up is a huge accomplishment, and we don't look mm-hmm. at it that way. And so as you start to you know, try to like find what joy means to you starting there and looking around and saying, I have my health, my kids have their health, you know, um, you know, or, you know, taking our dog for a walk. I talk about that constantly, that it's winter, it's cold, I don't want to be outside, but they are having a blast on that walk, and so how do you channel into their energy and forget that it's cold and dark or last night when a raccoon, this was funny. How about (laughs) that? Last night, it's like 630, you know? So it's like dark, but it's not really night yet. And I'm walking the dogs and there's a dark part that is like towards the end of our yard onto the next yard before the street light comes on again. And I see this thing right behind me go like, and I'm like, Oh, again, expletive, can't say it. But what I was, was like, that? oh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in Boston. So you can imagine which word I said. Oh, bleep. And I was like, and it was round. And I was like, it was either a raccoon or a big possum or a skunk. Please God, not a skunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably not a fox because it was too round. But I was like, I have these two little 20 pound dogs. So I'm terrified that anything is just going to like snatch them and be gone. And so I call my husband and I'm like, where are you? And he's like, hey, babe. I'm like, nope, not now. Where are you? (laughs) (laughs) We can catch up later. Where are you? He's down the street. And he's like, I should be there in like three minutes. I'm like, how about two and a half? Because then the thing ran back across the street again. And I was like, this thing is stalking us. I'm being stalked by like a raccoon and it's going to kill my dogs. And this is really going to ruin my day. (laughs) (laughs) So was it a raccoon? He thinks it was, he, okay. threw, I threw the dogs in the car and brought them back. You know, that the house and a half that I was away from my house, we were yeah. not walking back we're like done. Yeah. He said, when he went out later, he did make eye contact with the thing and he thinks it was a raccoon, but it was like six 30. I'm like, that thing might be rabid. We don't and need that. We've all,
1: and we've all seen elf and what the raccoon does to buddy elf.
0: <laughs> I'm not crazy right <laughs> so we're clear <laughs>
1: so we again, get all this of our morning. information
0: from funny and good movies <laughs> I know grab this morning I was like you can take them out when it's light out they can wait <laughs> exactly
1: well and that's you know like by us we have bears and yeah. I last this past summer um, my son walks to and from work and um because it's only a couple blocks from here, and I was putting our recycle bin out on the alley, and I saw a man walking down the alley, and it kind of looked like our Mike, but this man had a baby or a, a little black lab dog with him, and I thought, oh, that's not Mike. And then I came back in the house, and here comes Mike walking through the door, and he said, "Saw the coolest thing." mom, it was a baby bear. I said, <gasps> that that was you on the alley? He said, yeah. And I said, you, my friend, are lucky to be alive. <laughs> we had a mama and three baby bears in the neighborhood. And um, oh. they were, you know, they have to be careful. Like, th- it was reported, but they have to be careful because we're right in town. Yeah. But yeah, this oh, thing just ran up to him and running around him like like it was a dog. It looked like a dog from way down the alley.
0: That is terrifying. And I'm yeah. glad he's okay. And I'm glad you're okay. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> I want to give another teaser about the book. It's called Burnt Love Boxes. So give me another juicy story that just kind of like, what's the appetite of the, the viewers to make them want to read more?
1: Oh, gosh. Let me think. Let me think. Well, do you want me to tell the turkey story because that is like everybody's favorite that Yeah. yeah okay so um so my husband did get these these baby turkeys so the thing with my husband is he's a drywall finisher by trade and where we were living at the time he would go to do um work for people's homes and some of these people had Animals. So at one point it was a bunny. They had bunnies, and he wanted a bunny. I mean, he, was, he turns into a little kid. It's so funny. Oh, I want a bunny. I want to get a bunny. So he went to this guy's house, and this guy had turkeys. And so Paul had this bright idea that he was going to raise these turkeys for food. And <laughs> you see the shake. <laughs> and he convinced himself that he can do this because his uncle John had been formally into turkey farming and would talk about like in his blood oh yeah he had a whole turkey farm and so he would talk about it during the holidays so somehow paul thought he because he heard uncle john's stories that he would be the ultimate turkey farmer so so yeah so he gets these turkeys and then he got additional poults because the guy at the fishing store was going to raise a pig for us in exchange for X amount of turkeys. They were going to switch, you know, so our freezers would be full. So he started by raising these turkeys in the house um, because they have to stay warm. You have to keep them under a light. and um, But then, as you said, they got a little bit bigger. They didn't turn into full size, but they, and they're so cute when they're little, but when they start growing, they get really ugly fast. So they started like getting out of their enclosure, flying out. So we built them a thing outside of, you know, a little in, in, uh, enclosure. Um, he told me to get the fencing for six foot. I thought four should be good. They don't fly. I figured they were just kind of jumping out of their enclosure in the room. No, they fly. Um, But they looked to him like, I, I don't know if they call it imprinting or what. I know that's something in Twilight, too. But they he was their mother. Like, they followed him everywhere. And they idolized him like a king. It was sickening. It really was. And then they would, like, come after me, fluffing their, you know, their feathers up. And they were like hoodlums. It was crazy. <laughs> So they landed on a roof one time, we had all these turkeys on a roof of our house stomping around up there. But I figured out at at the end, um, again, another um, spoiler alert. So if you don't wanna hear this part, like turn your volume down for a couple seconds. Um, But I figured out that singing New York York to them while they were in their fenced in enclosure captivated them And I would run back and forth and they would follow me as I was singing. And then I would be kicking my legs like the Rockettes. And yeah, it was the only time I had
0: control over those birds. (laughs) I wish we could remove all the books behind you so you could stand up and do it. Because again, I have my own visual that I'm in love with, but I do think the actual would be better. Yeah. (laughs) Where, Where did you come up with that particular, like what a random song to choose I always have songs running through my head and
1: (laughs) and so I don't I don't remember this part if I if I had the song in my head at the time or if like because I walked from one end of the fence to the other and they followed me and then I don't like I said I don't know if the song popped into my head then and but I, I would run from one end to the other, and I would sing, start spreading the news, <laughs> and then I'd stop, and they'd stop, and then on the da da, da so I threw in the yeah. instrumental too, da, 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 da. and when I did that, their heads would bob the same way
0: oh my God, <laughs> all that's together, hilarious.
1: and I'm like, hmm, I'm leaving today, ba ba da. da.
0: Kind of like when you're raising your kids too, you come up with the most ridiculous songs. I would come up yes. with these, I would make them up. And I'm like, yeah. where did I find those words? Why did I put them on repeat? And who did I, what kind of composer did I think I was? Because I also <laughs> created some music with it. It was like, those, yeah, again, stick with your day job, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have that for our pets. Our one cat, his name is and I'm always coming up with a song, either a, a tune that already exists, and I throw just the name Mo into it, or yep. I do the Mo 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 Mo
0: <laughs> So yeah, oh, that's thing. a great story. Um, <laughs> I'm glad they didn't come after you, and up the back stairway, which was like 25 stairs. Um, so I'm glad that did not happen. Um, and- but I would do what you did, like.
1: I would come home and shopping bags. If I had grocery bags, it would make them more like violent. <laughs> and so they would like, I don't know what it was about the shopping bags. If they thought those were a threat yeah, <laughs> to like, go, you know, <laughs> I did. And I would run around to the opposite, to the back end of our house and go in that way That's because way. they would, they would sit on the railing of our, of our front porch. Oh, so, some on. of them would stay on the little sidewalk and mm-hmm. like strut around waiting. And then the other ones were up
0: and there was no way I was going to walk past them. Wow. Talk about being a prisoner in your own home. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. you giving up on the turkey thing now or is, did. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, we're good. The Long turkey. gone. Yeah. Okay. I was going <laughs> to say, I will not be visiting. So, just so we're clear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we we stick to our, our cats and our, and our little weaner dogs. So I love it. Yeah.
0: So I'm curious what you do to like start your day. I, I'm always recommending to people, you know, to have some sort of a routine that, you know, they can kind of count on to firmly ground them, enjoy to start the day. So for me, I do, you know, my morning workout. I love to say I work out before my excuses wake up. Yeah, I'm also dyslexic, which is why I always have to, I have to think through that. So I don't re- reverse it. Yeah, <laughs> um, But, you know, and I do like a morning meditation and I do my journaling and things like that. What, what is some of your, um, regular morning practices and maybe that ends up inspiring a viewer that, you know, is trying to kind of cobble together their own. Yeah.
1: So I, 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 I have failed miserably on the morning workout thing. I've had people say, you know, well, if you do it in the morning, because I always have an excuse, like you said, in the afternoon, evening, you know, or somebody's, you know, summonsing me to the next task. Um, <clears throat> so I always have my cup of coffee. I have to have my coffee in the morning. Um, but my husband and I were always joking around in the morning and finding the of course in life. And so this morning was a great example He's like, yeah, I need to, like, um, get my tire, like, fixed. And I said, what's going on with your tire? <laughs> and he said, well, it keeps going flat. And I noticed that I have a nail in it. And I said, of course you do. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't have anything, like, go smoothly. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's, so, there's always something to fix.
1: Yeah. And so I don't know. We're always joking around. And the newest thing, um, and I'm not an evil person, but when it comes to playing Monopoly, it's the only game I'll cheat in. And so my, yeah, my daughter, um, this is from when I was a teenager. Like I figured out if I'm the banker, I have full reign. So (laughs) uh, my daughter wanted to play Monopoly on Christmas. And so we all sat down and I said, I'll be the banker. And, um, while my husband left the room, you know, to go to the bathroom or take the dog out, whatever, I would hand a $500 bill to my kids. And my son, Mike, he's like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, just take it. It's fine. And so my daughter's like, what's your angle? And I'm like, just, it's fine. Just take it. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, So he comes back in and they're like, and I figured like they would negotiate property with me. That's Mm -hmm. why completely like, no, absolutely not. So they took the money and then they started working with my husband on negotiating properties. And I'm thinking, what's happening here? (laughs) And um, so then I got a little more evil. So while they're all sitting there, I'm just slipping a $500 here, $500 there um my husband ends up winning the game like and he got no extra money i and love so, it so at the end i told you know i told him i said i can't believe this i gave them money and he's like you did what so now his thing is is that i was um cheating on christ's birthday which was
0: not a good <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious and i have to meet him and i Definitely would so I would cheat too. But oh, I would absolutely. just make sure like they knew their life depended on it or something, like, I would <laughs> make it like really clear that like if I give you this, I own you. Yeah. You know? so, I feel and like I
1: did not thing. do that. I you just a that last
0: little yeah, yes, that last yes. mile. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we laugh about stuff like that. Like yesterday I had to be in the office, and as I He was um, just getting going with his morning and um, all of a sudden I heard cheater. (laughs) So just little things like that to just start the giggling going. And, um, and then of course, that gratefulness, you mentioned that earlier. And one of the things that, that I learned in my, in my um, certification program is like, if you. Focus on what you're grateful for. It, it does something with your brain where you can't focus on negative because right. you're focused specifically on this gratefulness. And so, um, so yeah, I look around, I really do a lot of mindfulness of, um, just really doing a lot of reflection on the things that, that I'm really happy to have, and that I feel so blessed to have. And my family is a huge part of that. Beautiful. So yeah. And my dog.
0: <laughs> Obviously. the dog. Yeah. What's that dog's name? Frankie. Frankie. Yep. Ayo, hey, Frankie. She's well, a baby. I want to I highlight burnt glove boxes again. I mean, how could you like resist a book with a rubber chicken on it? Right. It's Absolutely. Like, you have to have this.
1: That's I what mean. my face looks like when things happen.
0: burnt glove boxes embracing life when it goes up in flames by gina ramsey gina thank you so much for being on the show today this was a riot my cheeks actually hurt (laughs) that's that's the sign it was a good show for sure absolutely absolutely i'm glad i could
1: brighten your day and everybody else who's been listening so
0: can't miss yeah well, this has been another episode of Joy Unleashed. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Thank you for tuning in to Joy Unleashed. As always, it's my honor to be your host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. Follow me at the Colleen Greco on Instagram for daily motivation and inspiration. And don't forget to leave my show a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, sisters.